All right, and what you need to know today, we're going to find out what employers need to do for 2022. The YPO Global Pulse Report focuses on gathering insights on topics that influence businesses and drive leadership decisions. And on the hotline, we have Christine Crawford, SCD, Chair of Diversity and Inclusion Network at YPO. And how are we doing today, Christine? We're doing good? Well, Tommy, great to be speaking with you. Oh, my pleasure. All right, so uh, what were the results of the YPO Global Pulse Report? Okay, so 34% of our business leaders felt very favorable about the outlook for 2022 and nearly half felt somewhat favorable. So overall, everyone's optimistic and um, looking forward to a great 2022. Um, there were so, some concerns. 71% are concerned about inflation. Mm-hmm. And outside of inflation, the other top three kind of concerns are supply chain disruption, talent, and operating restrictions. So what do you think? Do you think that they're going to see all of this easing in 2022, inflation, the supply chain problem? Is this, you think, is that going to ease out? Is that why they're, they're optimistic somewhat? Well, I, I think it is. Um, I think seeing, you know, obviously vaccinations and mm-hmm. COVID and thinking that um, I don't know if things will ever go back to what they were, but mm-hmm. I think everyone kind of easing into what does this look like? I think also learning how flexible we've all learned how to be mm-hmm. um, is something that is making us more comfortable and, and optimistic about the future. And so it's not as much of an unknown as it once was. I think that the supply chain disruption um, talent, those things are things that we don't know, right? right? We don't know what's going to happen with those. I think there's some concern that they will go into 2023 and that inflation is not something that's going to be a quick fix um, in the way that which we initially thought. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'll ask you, has hiring and business revenue picked up uh, this year? And I guess uh, they're looking forward to it maybe uh, continuing next year, right? Yeah, so there, 38% of our business leaders have increased the number of employees since the start of the year. Um, about 45% says it has counted the same. But revenue has increased, again, for 37%, a whopping 20%. Mm-hmm. So 37%, again, of business leaders have experienced a 20% or greater increase in revenue since the beginning of the year. And that's great. I mean, I don't know any of us who wouldn't want to see um, a 20% increase in revenue. Mm-hmm. No, no, I, I, I totally agree with that. So uh, how do business leaders feel? <laughs> how do business leaders feel about uh, the, you know, the, the work schedule now? And, and not only the work schedules, you know, a lot of people want to work for, from home. And also there's been a lot of talk about mental health. How, you know, people feel isolated. They, they, they're depressed. Uh, they're saying this is a, a problem. How, how are they dealing with that? Oh, the majority of our leaders have some type of flexible work schedule really i mean a whopping 74 percent. and if you'd ever told me that you know two years ago that 70 percent of ceos would be comfortable with flexible work schedules i would have not believed you at all right Mm -hmm. and so it's something that we've all had to do but learn that there's a reason and that's why that that works and, and works for our people um, 35% are also investing in mental health. So we all know these last couple of years have been rough um, for us and our loved ones. And so 
it's really about how do we invest and help our employees take care of their mental health and not just their physical health. And 16% of employers don't have the of mental health benefits or plans yet, um, but they know that it's something that they have to add. So I think it's really just making sure that we help take care of our folks who yeah. take care of us every day. Yeah, you're 100% correct there. So what are some other uh, innovative benefits that support employees now? I think that the, the main innovation mm-hmm. has been flexibility, mm-hmm. right? And so it's really just figuring out what works for our culture and, and what works for our employees. And it's about listening and learning. And, and COVID forced that, right? So it was, okay, all of a sudden, those of us who thought we could never work from home were forced to work from home. And so how do we do that? But how do we learn to listen to our team members as they share what works best for them and how do we learn to accommodate that? So I think the innovation has really been in the flexibility um, and the listening that has happened in the last couple of years, and that will continue to, to, to move us forward. Now I got to tell you, Christine, a lot of broadcasters during uh, the, the height of COVID started broadcasting from their homes. And I don't think I'll ever see the inside of a radio station again. I like being home and broadcasting from home. So you think other industries and other people in other industries are maybe feeling the same way? Yeah. And so um, of the folks that we surveyed, 32% said that they'll have permanent flexible schedules. But I'll tell you, there are some folks who don't like working from home, right? And so that's where that flexibility comes in. And so figuring out what that right number is so you say you never want to go back in a radio studio and i'm sure you have some <laughs> colleagues who are like look i like being in the studio <laughs> i want my home to be home and so how do we figure out what that balance is and really make sure that as many folks as can be are, are happy I guess, Christine, I guess I was a little too harsh in saying that. I think what I hated the most was commuting to the radio station. I don't want people to think of the radio station, oh, he doesn't want to see us again. I think it was the commute. I think I save right now probably an hour and a half a day not commuting, and that's time I can be with my family and doing other things. So I think that, um, again, because I have some friends who are like, okay, I've got to get out of this house, though, because their office and their homes has become um, too isolating in a very odd way. And so they miss the commute, and they miss the time in the car. And, the- <laughs> and so it's really about figuring, and you know, and that's the time where they listen to radio stations, right? And so <laughs> how do we figure out where we get those um Times back that regenerate us, be it, you know, so for some it may mean losing the commute, for others it mm. may be getting that commute back. Yeah, I, I got you there. So, all right, so how can networking and joining supportive communities benefit employers and employees? It's really the same thing, again, going back to home, right, that we hope to get from our family and friends. And so you want to have folks who are there to cheer you on and support you when you're doing things that are really well. But you also need those folks who say, okay, maybe you could have done this better. Or maybe you need to take a few minutes before you make this decision or think about how it's going to impact those around us. And so that's what a lot of us seek um, in our family and our friends. So you need that professionally. You need those folks 
who will both support you and challenge you and, and help you think about things differently and, and try to be the best um, leader that you can be. And that's true for all of us. So we all need that professionally. Gotcha. Now, you're the uh, chair of Diversity and Inclusion uh, Inclusion Network at YPO. Can we can we find a tell us a little more about YPO? Oh, YPO is a community of more than thirty thousand business leaders over a hundred countries, and so it's really um, a place where we find that support for one another as business leaders. And you can go to ypo.org to find out more information about our community, um, as well as the results of this survey. Right. And uh, from what I'm looking at here, it's uh, about 101 countries. So are these like medium, large companies that are part of YPO? How how big they need to be? Oh, it's over. Well, there there are a couple of different ways of looking at it. If it's it's enterprise value or... Mm -hmm. Um, over $12 million of revenue per year annually. So there are a couple of different ways to look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would certainly be, I think, mid to large-sized companies. But it's geared towards CEOs and presidents who reached the level of president or CEO at a fairly young age, so before 45. Um, it's where most of the YPOers kind of got into that level of responsibility. Right. So, but it's all kinds of businesses. So there are those who are professional um, managers. There are those who run family businesses. And then there are straight up just entrepreneurs who founded and started their companies um, and have grown their companies over the years. So we have a little bit of everything at YPO. So if you are interested in any kind of business, um, running a, a, a company, it's worth a look to come see whether or not um, we're the right place for you. But even if it's not, I think it's just a great place to learn what folks who are running these companies how we're thinking and what we're thinking about. Right. And uh, for more information, they can go to? YPO.org. All right. We got it. All right, Christine, I know you're a busy woman, so I'm going to let you go. But thanks a lot for joining us today. We have Christine Crawford, SCD Chair of Diversity and Inclusion Network at YPO. Thanks so much for the great information and have a great day. You too, Tommy. Thank you. My pleasure.